Hey friends, so I'm back. Um, I hope you guys had a good week. Um, I'm back with another celebrity to deep dive into. Um, and this week we're doing Travis Scott. Woo! Um, I will say this was a little bit more, um, it was more difficult than Evan or even Pete. And I think that's because, and I, I just want to go over it really quick because I haven't talked about it before. Travis Scott is a true A-lister, um, and I kind of want to go into what, like, I, it's, it's super opinionated, what I consider an A-lister. And to do that, I think I need to break down, like, what I consider a tier list, because even on blind item sites that I go on, like, crazy days and nights, often I am reading the blind items, and I'm like, I don't consider this person an A-lister. This is, it often messes me up when I try to read and guess blind items before they're revealed. I'm always like, mm, that person, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rank them as an A-lister. And it is more complicated when you get to the A-list, because the A-list is where things get really, really shady. And we've had an episode about PR relationships, we've had an episode about yachting, Celebrity culture in general is very dark and very shady, but what it takes to be an A-lister, I mean, it's going to sound unhinged, but I think it takes, like, I think you have to give something up to be an A-lister. Um, you know, you can interpret that however you want. I, I do think you have to give something up to be an A-lister. Um, and we'll talk more about that as we get into the episode, but I do want to kind of break down what it is to be an A-lister and like the tier list in my head because like I said it is very biased um it is very subjective but I do think that to be an A-lister it does take something else um so and it doesn't even take it doesn't even grant you like permanent A-list status who knows where Travis Scott will be in 10 years that's the crazy part but um the people we've done previously Evan Peters I'd consider B-list I consider Pete Davidson A-list adjacent. We actually talked about this. Um, some people on Tumblr, and we kind of debated it. And I really do think that's where he would rank. Like, you were seeing him a lot, but I don't think... I think if he stopped showing up for five years, he, like, we would not remember him. We would not remember Pete Davidson. You know what I mean? So I would consider Pete A-list adjacent, but, like, B. B-plus list. And I would consider Evan Peters B-list. And... So we're going to go through what the lists are. So I, F list is us, like normal people, you and me. Um, D list is niche micro celebrities. Like these are most of your YouTubers, your IG influencers, your streamers. Like they're famous in very certain spaces. Like if your average famous streamer went to like GameStop or went to a con, he probably is going to be known there. But like if you he walked into a sorority and was like, hey, I'm a celebrity, I don't think they would know who he is. You know what I mean? And like switch that for like an MUA. Like an MUA going to a con, a YouTube MUA is probably not going to be like known there. But she, if she goes into Sephora or a sorority, she might be known. Um, you know, like two extreme, extremes of that, like Lovely Peaches, um, Everyone Loves Germa right now. Like that's, that's th those are micro influencers. That's a D-list. Um, C-list, I would say, is still somewhat niche, but has crossed over into other spaces where they're famous in a variety of spaces. Um, and, you know, people who don't know where they're, like, originally from might still know them. I would say this is, like, our Tana's, our Nikita's. Like, they're niche stars. Um, you know, you wouldn't bat an eye if you saw them at big events, but they 
they're probably not known that well. I'd say like big influencers, like I said, Nikita is a great one. Nikita Dragon, um, Celebrity Offspring, um, like Lily Rose Depp. Like they're not, they're not so famous that like everyone knows them. You know what I mean? But they're not D-list either. Then I would say B-list is like many people know them. They've been in many things. They're famous. Like they are famous. Yet it would be unsurprising if you walked the street and held up their photo or showed their work or and a significant portion of people still did not know them they're also probably not internationally known or intergenerationally famous like evan peters if you show to a bunch of like millennials and gen xers i think they know who he is but if like i went to a retirement home and like held up a picture of evan peters and was like hey who is this i don't think they would know so finally this is where the, the line gets crossed in a list A-list is someone who has permeated the subconscious of the culture, and the average person not even interested in celebrities or pop culture knows them. They may not know their name, they may not even know their face that well, but it doesn't matter if they don't like them or they're completely neutral to pop culture. They have, it has somehow permeated into their culture. Um, if you showed them a movie or, or played them a song and any old random person was like, oh, I know, I, I think I know that. Like, I, I know that. Like, that's an A-list star. That's Billie Eilish. Like, you might not like Billie Eilish, but <laughs> she's permeated the culture. That's Travis Scott. You might not like Travis Scott. I, I, spoiler alert, I really don't. <laughs> but like, Travis Scott, we he has permeated the culture. You You might not know him like on a first name basis if you saw him but his songs have permeated the culture he he fucking was at a like he had mcdonald's meals like even if you only know him as kylie jenner's boyfriend he's known like you know what i mean like he's a-list and then this is above him but the permanent a-list this is the gilded cage where it doesn't matter if younger people or certain people don't know you anymore, you are still A-list. No matter what you do, you're going to be A-list. Um, you've been part of the culture for so long. <laughs> it's, it's so in the consciousness, there's no way to disregard your impact on the culture. This is our Michael Jacksons. This is our Naomi Campbells. This is our Kanye's. Like, they are not going to be forgotten. If Kanye became a recluse for the rest of his life and shuttled up with Julia in in a chateau in Paris which I would love for him to do no Kanye West is not going to be forgotten if he like if he died tomorrow he's a legend for the rest of his life that is a permanent a-lister but you can see the huge divide between a-list and b-list and I really wanted to get that very clear because Travis Scott is an a-lister and what it takes to be an a-lister is um it's a big jump from being a B-lister. It's not just, you know, maybe having to do dirty things under the table for someone. Like, it, we get, it gets dark. It gets, it gets really dark. Um, and sorry for more exposition, but I do want to start with, like I did with Pete and with Evan, um, how I felt about them before I did this deep dive. And I have heard, um, like, things about him here and there that have made me like, meh. But I'm going to say pre, like how I felt about him pre the Astro World tragedy and after the Astro World tragedy. I always kind of saw him as the feature guy before that. Like I love Kendrick, um Lamar, I love Young Thug, I love um I love Drake. <laughs> um so he was always like the guy that was like featured on like artists that I liked more than him. So I kind of like 
you know, I, he was, he was on the track and I'm not going to turn the track off. I always found him to be kind of like middle of the road as a rapper, which like, <laughs> like I can judge that, but, um, you know, I just, he never really did anything for me. And I think he kind of perturbed me because his aesthetic is so similar to ASAP Rockies and like the ASAP mob in general. And he came out a little bit later after them. So that always rubbed me the wrong way too. But like I said, I, it wasn't like strong negative feelings. I just kind of was like, eh, you know, he's another rapper of this crop and not my particular favorite. Um, and then of course, you know, um, some of my uh, IRL best friends, um, they split their time between Texas and where I live, where we live. <laughs> and, um, you know, her brother just moved here and we like, I asked him because I was doing this video about, or this, uh, this pod about him, about how Texas feels about him. And, you know, it is very divided. So I guess it's not, um, like uncommon. I guess my feelings are pretty uncommon. People seem to either really like him or really dislike him. Um, it, it's very divisive, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always kind of felt neutral to him until Astroworld. Um, because, uh, I mean, that's just such a horrific tragedy. And I remember being on, um, it was my day off and just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because I still had TikTok at the time and just all of these horrific videos, all of this horrific, just horrible stuff coming out about it, um, both on like, I don't know. And after that, I, I really looked into him and my opinion on him became very like negative. But I still want to give him like, like a fair shake and like tell his story because people don't start out bad. You know, he didn't start out that way. But I, I do want to be upfront and honest that I, I do not like this person. <laughs> I have a tough childhood and um, I am going to have to go in like a little bit deeper than I did with uh, Evan or Pete just because his, his childhood was complicated and kind of, I mean, Pete's was pretty, I mean, it's hard to lose your parents, but it's just like, it's long. Like it's a lot of complicated things that keep going wrong in Travis's childhood. Interestingly enough, he grew up kind of middle class, especially later, um, but it's still complicated. So he was the second child um, born to Wanda and Jaquez Webster. Um, he was born in 1991, Jaquez Bermont, Bermont? I don't know how you say French names, Webster the second. Um, and he was born in Houston. As a newborn, his mom um, handed him and his older brother over to his paternal grandma and grandpa to be um, watched over. Um, his dad was... It's also interesting, and we're going to get more into it. His parent, like, his dad was a musician. Like, his granddad was, like, he, we'll get into it. But his dad was trying to make it as a sole musician. That was his only job at the time. He had dropped out of school. And, um, you know, that's not steady work. <laughs> so, and then the mom was working at AT&T selling phones. But um, his mom is disabled. Um, Travis has said he's never seen his mom walk without a cane or crutches, or at really bad times, she was in a wheel wheelchair. Um, so she's been disabled his whole life. Um, he doesn't really, and I didn't really find any explanation of what her health issues were. Um, but he does tell the story that as a kid, um, she was on a bike, um, biking around in the neighborhood with her friends, um, and she 
um, fell into, you know, one of those drainage ditches. Like, she fell all the way, tumbled all the way down, and her, like, hips or her pelvis were, like, never right again, and she could never really walk properly again. Um, so, I, you know, you can imagine, like, you're the sole provider of this family, really. You have, you know, you're chronically ill, and then um, you have this newborn, and um, Travis's brother... I had to look into him because in his uh, documentary, Born Mom, Look, I Can Fly, they don't even mention his name, which is kind of sad. <laughs> his name's Marcus, um, the oldest child of Wanda and Jaquez. And in the documentary, they do mention um, he is autistic. And I did find some stories of Marcus on Travis's IG Live. And, you know, it, it seems like his speaking isn't like all the way there, even as an adult. So, you know, I mean, that that's a, a really hard situation. So, um they did give the, you know, new a newborn and a toddler over to these older people um, sometime like a few months after Travis was born. And I don't want to get like too into psychology or anything like that. Um, but I, I, you know, the first thing psychologists say, um, like the first thing that can you can that can fail you like subconsciously is if you can't have secure attachment to your mother when you're a baby like or or your caretaker like if you're not getting fed at the right times if you're not if you don't learn that crying is going to give you food as an infant um that already can lead to like psychological issues down the line and like (laughs) I don't know it's it's kind of wild that like from the beginning he had like these like little things that would slow like I don't know he's kind of like sociopathic (laughs) as as an adult and like, even as a young adult, um, and I wonder how much of that comes from, like, you know, a need to survive. Like, you you don't feel like you're not, you're not getting the things you need. Um, but, yeah, so he went to go live with his grandparents um, uh, when he was a newborn baby. Um, so where he spent his early childhood with his grandma is not in a good part of Houston. Um, he just refers to it as the hood, but I did look it up. Um, and it isn't a great area. It's also in his born to look, mom, I can fly documentary. He like has his grandma in it and, um, the child, like his early childhood home in it. And it isn't a great area that he, um, was staying in with her. Um, and he says that, um, a lot of the visuals in his like creative work are inspired by, um, the things that he saw in his early childhood because um in his words he saw mad bums crazy people hungry grimy people and he says that those people like disturbed him as a child like it disturbed him to see you know people in the street acting that way and and you know i i believe that if you're five six years old um and he says that his vision for astro world which or astro um, the like precursor to Astro World comes from this like time in his life, and I do kind of see that because like a lot of his visuals are very like I don't know like child childhood nightmare like very very nightmarish. <laughs> um, some of them anyway um, are like that, but he does say he gets his like inspiration for Astro World or Astro from um, seeing this kind of stuff. Um, um, but he's not there long. Well, he, his whole early childhood is there. But when he's seven years old, his parents, um, I guess they did get their shit together. They buy a home in a suburb, suburban part of Houston called Missouri Park. Um, and this is like a much nicer area. It's, it's like pure middle class. Um, 
his dad actually finished school he went for music and um he also went for like business and he got a degree in in music and started his own business so it's interesting because his dad is very very well connected in the music industry especially in houston um as a soul musician like he was booking things you know getting people spots in studios like not on like a super high celebrity level but you know he's well known in houston especially like in that like soul jazz music scene um and that you know kind of you know as time goes on integrates into hip-hop and and you know all that kind of stuff so his dad had these connections, but interestingly, him and his dad have a very complicated relationship. Like, even though he moves into this very nice suburban area, like, th- his problems don't stop. Um, I do want to say really quickly before we get into his dad, he has said that his mom, because of her disability, and he loves his mom very much, um, but he said that his mom had, like, medications that she would take that would fuck up her entire state, like, throughout his childhood. Um and I think that that probably is pain medication. If I had to imagine what someone who has chronic, you know, chronic disabilities, chronic pain is taking, it's probably pain medication. Um, so she, like, again, really couldn't be there for him all the time because she had substance abuse issues. And then his dad, um, you know, he'd gotten this business and now he's like successful and you know, he, he has these connections, but he does not want his son really in the music industry. Like, there's this very interesting, like, push-pull that we'll talk more about. But um, what is nice is um, he says that also his grandpa was a jazz composer. I don't know if I mentioned that. So even at his grandparents' house and his parents' house, there was always music playing. He says there was always a piano playing, always drums playing, always always music. Like, there's they're, ha- they're very musically talented, like his family. So... Yeah, but his dad really didn't want him to go into music. And we're going to get more into that as he gets older. But um, for someone who is well-connected, and and it is contentious. People don't know, like, we're going to talk about the fact that Travis is a plant. (laughs) But who planted him sometimes is up for contention. Um, But in my opinion, it wasn't his dad, just because of how, like, against it he was for his son. It's this interesting push-pull because... I do think, like, from the way he talks about his childhood, his dad was the disciplinarian. Um, but they bonded over music, even though his dad kind of didn't want him in music. Um, he, which we'll talk about. Um, I keep saying we'll talk about it, but we'll talk about it. Um, but his dad was constantly playing music. His dad was well-connected. He, you know, was a, a producer, so he had producers over and um musicians over and all these sides of the industry over like and he wanted his son to know these people like he wanted his son to get an education in music especially in soul music and jazz music he wanted him to be surrounded by other black artists um and he also wanted his son to play music (laughs) he taught him piano he taught him drums but he did not want him actually in the industry which makes me wonder if like what he had seen in the industry made him feel like he didn't want his son in the industry. Um, but yeah, his dad was the disciplinarian. Um, so like there's this push pull of like him not being someone you could come to for comfort. And then his mom was the more nurturing one, you know, the documentary is named after him and, you know, (laughs) Travis isn't that like emotionally, like, and I'm sure that's, he's been trained to not really talk too much. 
Um, but, you know, it seems like he loves his mom very much. I mean, he's pretty much cut off his entire family, more or less. Um, but his mom's at every show. Like, his mom's the one that he keeps with him at all times. Um, but she had these substance abuse issues throughout his childhood. She had these health issues throughout his childhood. At one point, he even says when he was like eight or nine, he thought she had a stroke. It turned out she was having seizures, which is, again, that to me says drugs. Um, she was having seizures. So, you know, he's not getting, <laughs> there's like things missing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? He's, there's things missing in his childhood. But despite his kind of rocky, um, somewhat troubled childhood, he's very, very ambitious. Like throughout his life, like for better or for worse, like the theme of his life is he's ambitious. Um, he took middle uh, musical theater throughout um, middle school and high school, and he was also playing music, like I said. Um, at 16, his dad kind of shows him the production and producing side of music, um, which is something that he really wanted to learn, um, and his dad kind of held out on, like I said. But he showed him really everything at 16 when it became really apparent that this was what Travis was, like, truly invested in. Um, and then, like, bright, hashtag very bright, he graduates early at 17, like, and, and he's top 25 in his class, so... He got a full-ride scholarship to the University of Texas, um, but he doesn't like it there. He is still 17 when he gets to college, um, but and he only stays one semester um, before he drops out. This leads to a physical fight between him and his dad, which he says that their relationship never really covered, recovered from. His dad was already kind of mad that... Um, he was going for music, which is interesting because his dad has a master's in musical composition. But um, he was already kind of upset about that. But since he had a full ride, he was like, whatever, like, go do your thing. Um, but I guess when he dropped out, he was furious and his parents like completely financially cut him off and said, you know, good luck out there. We're not helping you. Um, so Travis left and he moved from Houston to Washington Heights in New York City. Um, and he moved in with his MySpace friend, Mike Wax, who owned the web uh, the website Ill Roots, which is, this is also a theme of um, Travis's life. He, like, completely is, like, when he's younger, invested in, in, like, all the underground music stuff. He was very much of that, like, SoundCloud, um, Tumblr, like, terminally online type of like rap that was in or that kind of like music that was like between like 2008 and 2013 I feel like it existed that very niche moment he was like into all that the reddit threads the these like random websites myspace like this is a theme he has many many myspace friends he that he he just he yeah he's very into that um so he moves in with him he sleeps on the floor of this guy's house um and he records he basically says he's spending all his time either at this guy's house on the floor or he's recording at just blaze's studio um but he pretty quickly became like frustrated with new york he didn't like the lifestyle of of new yorkers he didn't like living there and he didn't this is like i said a theme he felt like his like music was not getting where he needed it to go so he was just like fuck it and he went back home and he essentially just said, like, 
that they were not like ambitious enough for him. And that's, like I said, a constant theme in his musical um, career. Like he'll drop you if he feels like you're not giving him what he needs, which is success. So he moves back to Houston and he starts staying with um, his childhood best friend, Chris Holloway. And they form a group called um, the Graduates because they both dropped out of um, University of Texas at the same time. So a pun, as you can see. Um, They released their first track um, to MySpace. And this is like the kind of beginning of Travis's little group. He also um, changes his name. He was going by Jaquez when he was in New York. Um, to Travis Scott. Um, Travis Scott is a mix of um, Kid Cudi's real name, Scott, I think it's his last name, um, and Travis, who is um, Travis's favorite uncle, also a soul musician in the music industry, who he says was much more supportive than his dad of him pursuing music professionally. In 2009, an 18-year-old Travis recruits another member, OG Chess, who is another one of... um, Travis's former schoolmates, um, and they changed the name to The Classmates. Um, They also recruit a guy named Shane Morris, who is very important to Travis's story. Shane Morris was a few years older than um, Travis at the University of Texas they met, um, and he is a software engineer slash musical engineer. That's what he went to school for. Um, he was running this website called Earmilk at the time, another music indie music site with his friend Blake. Um, he was interning at MySpace Music. Um, what I'm trying to say is this guy was on the technical side of music. Um, he like you can go look him up. He's like this nerd. Well, he's not nerdy. I mean, he he's got like girls and stuff, but he he to me he looks nerdy. Um, he's like this nerdy white guy, um, and he. Travis approached him and basically asked him to inflate his numbers. So we're, yeah. So this is like an interesting time in music because this could not happen now and it could not happen before. Before the industry decided who got to be, who who got uh, pushed. Um, you know, the, <laughs> but streaming had just came out. So it was the first time like, a random person could inflate their numbers like this. So in a way, again, I'm like impressed by Travis's intelligence, but I'm also just like, like, don't do that. But he went to this guy, Shane Morris, and he was like, listen, you're working at MySpace. You, you understand SoundCloud. I need you to inflate my numbers so I get noticed by industry people. I want to be top, like the top of SoundCloud as much as possible. I want to be topping the charts there. I want a bunch of Twitter followers. <laughs> like, I want you to create buzz about me. And Shane, who felt like Travis was truly going to be ta- like going to be famous, was like, okay, like I'll do it for you. Um, pay you're gonna pay me back when you get famous. Oof. And I get to be your manager. And Travis said, Cool, you can be my manager. So he recruits this guy Shane and this is when his numbers start getting inflated um and I like you wonder like about the artists that like genuinely were talented that got like (laughs) 
fucked over by this, but um, from 2009 on, on like SoundCloud, on all these indie sites, it was all bots. Like he had these thousands and thousands of bots inflating Travis's numbers for him. So, so that's how it was 2009, 2010, 2011. His numbers were constantly being inflated. Um, but like I said, Travis is extremely ambitious. Um, he's not going to stop there. He started to look at, because he didn't like New York, he started to look at L.A. He was like, I need to figure out a way to divide my time between Houston and L.A. because that's where the industry people are, and I need the industry people to notice me. So he tried to move out to L.A. Like, his plan was to split his time between L.A. and Houston in um, 2010. Um, But unfortunately, the person that he had, like, been chatting with, it was another, like, online person that he had met through, like, music, um, like, fell through. It was basically, like, you can't stay here. So he had to basically go right back after, like, just a few days in L.A. Um, And Chris had, had, I don't know why, but he couldn't, like, go back to living with Chris anymore either. He had also um, been living with Shane at certain points. He was, like, couch hopping. Um, So he had to go home and his parents essentially were like, okay, like you can come home, but we're giving you like a few months and you need to re-enroll in college or you're getting kicked out again. And he was like, sure, I will (laughs) re-enroll. And I just want to say throughout this time, like 2009, 2010, um, he is making music with the classmates. He actually, um, he like recruited a few more people. So he had this little rap group. Um... He's making music. He's getting his uh, music falsely inflated by Shane. So he's, he's doing very well. Like in the underground scene, he's very popular because he's made himself popular. Um, and, you know, it, it's going good. But good is never good enough for Travis. He is extremely frustrated. So he is, again, trying to plot and figure out a way to get to L.A., And um, after a few months of staying with his parents, um, close to the end of 2010 into 2011, they have another huge argument. They caught him smoking weed, which is like kind of the catalyst because he's like smoked weed throughout high school. Like (laughs) he loves pot. He's never not smoking. He's never not high. Um, So that was kind of the catalyst. The real problem was he still had not re-enrolled in school. Um, So they throw him back out. Um, he goes back to Shane for a little while, but Shane's like, you can't stay here. I think Shane had gotten like a serious girlfriend at this point. Cause he's married now. Um, but he was like, you can't stay here. And he was like, don't worry, man, I am going to figure out a way to get to LA. So in 2011, through the help of yet another MySpace friend, he meets online. He <laughs> spends half, he gets to LA and he now spends half his time couch hopping in Houston Um, and then in California, he's posing as a student at the University of South California. Um, his, like, MySpace friend was a student there, so he was staying, um, in their dorm. Their dorm partner had gotten, like, you know, kicked, so she had an empty, or he had an empty bed. Um, so he was, (laughs) he was pretending to be a student there, um, in 2011. So he was splitting his time between California and, um... Houston really trying to get noticed and um and this is when he gets contacted by Mike Dean um Mike Dean is from Houston 
and he's an elite. Um, he's as elite as they get. Um, he's a, a hip hop record producer, audio engineer, songwriter. He he's one of those behind the curtain people. He's been connected with Kanye, Kid Cudi, Tupac, Scarface, Two Chains, Jay Z, Designer, Drake, Madonna, The Weeknd. This guy is the guy. If you're going to get contacted by anyone, he's the guy. And Mike Dean is a producer, and he liked that Travis was from his town. He liked his sound. And now on a lot of Travis's tracks, you definitely hear Mike Dean's influence because he kind of takes him under his wing here and is like, okay, I'm going to teach you what I know about music. I do just want to mention, um, like I said, it is contentious because Mike Dean is from the Houston scene. Some people wonder, and he's like always been in very much hip hop and all that. Um, if his family gave him this connection or if his inflated numbers gave him this connection, I am of the opinion that Mike was, saw his stuff via the inflated numbers. That's what I believe. But like I said, I mean, his family is very involved in the Houston music scene. Maybe not hip hop, but kind of. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's debatable. Um, and Mike Dean starts give, getting him connections because while he's in LA, Mike Dean says, listen, I've got um, T.I. here and he wants to buy some beats off of you. So he goes to the studio in LA. Um, he meets with T.I. He produces a bunch of beats for him and T.I. actually does rap over one of Travis's beats. So that's his first like A-list connection. Um, it's, it's really crazy how fast this starts happening for him in 2011. And then in 2012, it's really solidified. I don't know if it was because of how well he did with TI, um, or Mike Dean just saw something in Travis, but he is like, listen, we are going to make you a star. And Mike Dean, you know, as far as one of those behind the scenes, elites to back you up um travis is lucky because he is more interested in you know yacht girls than him so he got pretty lucky um in the sense of who was like taking him to be his muse um he was just gonna financially abuse him so he got pretty lucky um but this is a a list stuff too big to fail type shit mike dean definitely believed in travis um Owl Pharaoh, his debut debut album, they started working on in 2012. He was flying out in and out people like Kanye West, Mike Dean himself, Pusha T, um, Wale, like so many people, T.I., Two Chains, like all of these people were coming in and out to help with this album. Um, It kept getting delayed, um, probably because of the amount of A-listers that was on this list, on this thing and getting them all together. Um, Travis was flying between California to work with Kanye and T.I., flying back to Houston to work with Mike. Um, You know, he was just doing nonstop. He was flying back and forth nonstop to work on this album. Um, This is when... He essentially ditches his old school, old crew, the classmates. Um, Travis is Travis says they broke up in 2012 because um, there were financial issues and there were arguments over the fact that he had produced most of the beats. And, you know, even though they had arguments like they're all cordial with each other now. 
and that they they, they broke up essentially because of financial issues. Um, but that is not what Shane Morris says. Shane Morris says that essentially Travis outgrew them. They were no longer useful to him. And Travis is always, he's a social climber. You know, he, like I said, success is his only goal, like true A-list success. So very dance with the devil energy. Um, he just, he didn't, he, they had no use to him anymore. So he just ditched them essentially. Um, he also says that it was particularly ugly between him and Travis because I guess he kind of ditched Chris and Chess before he ditched Shane. So he ditched them early because they had no use to him. And then he was still kind of using Shane and as his manager. They were flying in and out together. And I forget what exactly Shane has. But he has a chronic illness that causes him to have seizures, um, like, like randomly. He just has seizures. Um, and he was at a club with, um, with T.I. and with Shane. And they were partying. And I guess Shane had a seizure. And um, Travis was like, you brought the whole mood down. You embarrassed me um, in front of my famous friends. I don't want you around anymore. <laughs> like you're, you're bringing the mood down essentially. And Shane was like, what the fuck? Like I have, I can't help it. <laughs> like I have seizures. And he was like, well, we're not, we're not cool anymore. You need to get the fuck out of here. And Shane has been telling this story for years. He told it on Reddit um, in 2013. He said it. He reposted the story in 2015 on Reddit as Travis was getting more and more famous. And he, in 2021, got on TikTok and was like, hey, by the way, I don't know if you guys remember, um, I've been telling you guys, this was after Astroworld, that he does not care about people. He left me at a club while I was having a seizure and then texted me, you embarrassed me. So, yeah, um, it was ugly the way he stopped being friends with them. Um, him and Chris have like never spoken again. Like they, they have no contact. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was really ugly. But there's still more to discuss in 2012. Um, we need to now talk about Travis rocketed to being with the elites. Like in the Pete, Evan never has like partied with real elites. Well, he probably has, but he's not like in that circle. Pete just recently got to the level where he's, like, hanging out with Kim Kardashian, like, an elite elite. Um, Travis, like, got there really fast. <laughs> I mean, he might not have been super famous yet, but Kanye West, Mike Dean, all of these people around him are elites. Um, and one elite in particular we need to talk about because he is known for really gross, shady behavior when it comes to... Br- basically trafficking, yachting, all that kind of stuff. T.I. is known for that. Um, I was just going through Ariana's blinds and apparently like my queen addict was like grinding on him one night at a club. They were making out, whatever. And then one of his guys like whispered in his ear, like this is a famous person because <laughs> he didn't know her. Ooh. This is like before she got too really famous. And he was like, oh no, I only fuck with not famous girls. Mm, that's that's dark-sided. That, that doesn't sit well with me. That doesn't sit well with my spirit. And T.I. is known for um, 
Yeah, bringing yacht girls in, studio girls in. Um, and I mean, this whole culture, I mean, it's popular to do this. But yeah, he's known for um, bringing yacht girls in. So we need to talk about Rogene Carr. Young Sweet Row, um, Travis Scott's long-term beau, like on and off. I mean, not even on and off, just basically he's dated other people, but she's always been his girl. <laughs> um, he meets her in 2012 while he's like, you know, partying with the elites. Um, and Rogine is sort of interesting because her life is kind of hard to track. Um, and that's probably on purpose. Um, he has had, Travis Scott has had many relationships with like girls that are yacht girls, adult film girls, but Rogine is like a true blue, um, like I believe she came into this country. This is my opinion to, to be a prostitute, to be an escort. Um, she is an American national now. Um, but she spends her time between California and Dubai some people say her ethnicity is Saudi Arabian. Other sites were saying she's actually Iranian. Um, I can't tell. <laughs> Again, there's so many like conflicting accounts. Some people say she's from a wealthy family. Some people say she's not. Um, I would imagine she's not. She's just gotten like a lot of support from a lot of people. Her net worth at this point in her life is one million, which is incredible. But um, really, that's not that much um, when we're talking about like elites. Um, but yeah, she met Travis, um, basically, I believe, being a studio hoe. Um, and she's like started posting on Instagram around 2012, stuff like, um, he's different, um, our connection's different. She, she's like kind of into like, uh, like new agey stuff. Um, she was like posting stuff about like Texas um, in 2012. It just seems like they kind of met in 2012 and they had this different kind of connection, you know? Um, I'm sure at this point, because of who he was partying with, he was fucking all kinds of hoes at this point. Um, but it seems like him and Rogine just really, really hit it off. Um, and yeah, I his like that's his like girlfriend. <laughs> like I, I mean, that's his long-term girlfriend for many, many years no matter who else he's, like, banging. Um, and I did want to talk about her a little bit. Like I said, um, they set her job as, like, Instagram influencer. Um, but, I mean, I think we all can read between the lines at this point. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they do did have it and do, unless, well, I, they might have stopped dating at this point, but they probably did have a real connection. Travis was young at this point. I mean, he was... 21 years old I'm sure that he was not completely jaded to everything yet um and you know maybe he was like I'll treat you differently you know and yeah so they they they're like long 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 connection starts because T.I. brings women into the country um he's like a big pimp and trafficker so yeah I mean in the case of Travis and Rogine, it seems like it became something real. But I'm sure initially they met because she was a girl sent in to sleep with these people. In 2013, Travis, just his skyrocketing to fame just goes like even better. He is announced as a member of the freshman class of 2013 um, in XXL. Um, his album, um, Owl Pharaoh, comes out. And um, also in 2013, we start seeing um, 
pictures of him with Rogine come out. And um, this is where she, like, posts all the gifts he's giving her, um, them hugging, you know, like, basically, they seem like a couple at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, officially, they will stop dating in 2015. But, um, you know, Rogine is singing his praises about what a good boyfriend he is. Um, he, by the way, when I say... He is a good boyfriend. Um, he cheats on every girl he's with. Like, that's just a... He fucks all the time. <laughs> he fucks random girls, like, all the time. Um, you know, the blind's been saying that about him forever. Um, but the, looking at Rogine's background, I don't think Rogine particularly cares about that. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like their relationship was going, like, good at this point. But, um, you know, whether Travis loves Rogine or not, he is a social climber, so you know, he was never going to, like, officially date her forever. In 2014, he is, um, you know, he has more big songs come out. Um, Days Before Rodeo comes out, his second mixtape, which is, like, um, Rodeo to Astro is, like, where we get, like, the, this is, like, his, his, like, artistic vision, if I'm going to call it that. I mean, it is, it is a vision. I do think, though, um, he takes a lot from, like, like I said, ASAP Rocky, um, ASAP Mob. I think he takes a lot from Flatbush Zombies, that whole psychedelic rap energy. Um, I do think some of it is original to himself, but yeah, I do think he, he has a lot of influences and people, and people have, he studied the charts. He studied, like we said, the, the industry underground scenes and like tried to make himself as marketable as possible. Like he's kind of like a, a Jay-Z of this generation, but less talented. Um, but yeah, he, Days Before Rodeo comes out, which is a big deal. Um, he's working with more A-listers. He also starts officially dating, um, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose is a model. Again, another girl that's, um, linked to being a yachter, linked to being, um, in that world. But Ruby Rose is also a mainstream model, um, not Ruby Rose, like the androgynous, uh, person, <laughs> Ruby Rose with an eye. Um, but she is an adult model, um, Instagram model, studio girl, like that kind of girl. But she has a mainstream career compared to Rogine, who is just like, <laughs> just, um, you know, uh, she does social media and she's from Dubai, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's so apparent with Rogine. I, I think that Ruby was um, kind of put with him to make it look a little more palatable, but she's another girl from that world. So it's not like it was a big deal, but yeah, he started dated, dating Ruby Rose in 14, but he, he was still dating Rogine. Like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but yeah, 2015 is really where things get started, where I think Travis starts seeing the success at a level where he feels is acceptable. Um, it doesn't it doesn't happen right away he's working on rodeo um which is his debut album i i think i said before that um al Farrow was his debut album that was his debut mixtape um and you know it was a big deal this album it had tons and tons and tons of um guest spots and we'll get to that um you know huge huge heavy hitters like i said uh, mike dean made sure that travis was too big to fail but first, um, we're going to talk about his relationship while he was making this record. Um, he started dating in May 2015 Chantel Jeffries, who is a YouTuber. 
again, another person that um, is heavily, you know, in be- like read between the lines, a yachter, like someone who has dated a lot of celebrities, been at a lot of these kinds of parties. Um, she's done adult modeling. Um, she also dated Justin Bieber um, when he was like at his worst in like 2014. You know, his whole getting arrested with Coke moment. I mean, it's probably not his worst, but <laughs> yeah, she's one of those girls as well. Like I said, I, I, I'm trying to get it across that Travis's relationships have all sort he has his celebrity girlfriends which we're gonna get to his like two big celebrity girlfriends um and then he has his girlfriends that are like you know are part of that world that world of yachting that world that he was introduced to by you know a lot of the people around him that are um you know i'm listen travis didn't get famous as a little kid you know he got famous as a young adult he was surrounded by men who traffic and yacht and pimp out girls and i'm i'm sure he doesn't view women in a great in a great light um and his track record kind of shows that <laughs> um he dates a lot of yacht girls um but yeah he's dating Chantel Jeffries um and i did want to talk about this thing that happens while he's dating her um in july um he lost it on a fan who apparently tried to steal his shoe um the video i don't even know if he was trying to steal his shoe or maybe he's just trying to grab travis um but he travis stops the whole show so show does not continue he has a fucking tantrum and he's like telling his fans to like beat up this guy like beat the shit out of him and this he's the security is like has to get involved because this kid's getting like attacked and he's like fuck the security um whatever and like that this whole like energy like the like rage um i mean it was so it's just a great comparison because he didn't stop the show during astroworld but also like in 2015 when this album drops like the whole rage culture starts so it's it's good to show that like this is just something that he he made his brand but like has always been a thing like he's always his shows have always been really really like violent aggressive like very similar to like rock shows honestly and he says he takes influence from like pop punk and rock but there is no like culture with travis's shows to like you know at like rock shows if someone falls you you're supposed to pick them up like that kind of culture there's none of that at travis's show so it's like the pitting and the and the violence but no like brotherhood um which we know creates problems <laughs> um in the future but yeah rodeo drops september 4th and this thing is a massive success but of course it was going to be um like i said once mike dean decided to make travis his new money maker um he just Travis was too big to fail. He had Quavo, Juicy J, Kanye West, The Weeknd, Chief Keef, Justin Bieber, Young Thug, um, Mike Dean himself, Metro Boomin, um, Pharrell on this album, <laughs> either producing or features like huge, huge heavy hitters. Um, his leading single off this album, Antidote, um, reached the Billboard Top 100, his first song to ever do so. And um, it chopped the charts at 16, number 16, which is incredible for a debut album. But like, I, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. So much of his career is um, inflated. And 
there were signs of stream manipulation with this album as well. So, yeah. This year is also the first time that Travis is arrested. Um, He was arrested for disorderly conduct five minutes into a a show in Chicago. Um, Basically, he was doing his typical, you know, what he's known for now, his violence, crazy, you know, that whole wildness that he creates a brand out of but this is the first time he's arrested for it um this time they don't call it inciting a riot this time it's just disorderly conduct but as time goes on and the crowds get bigger um his arrests get worse this is also around the time we see him with rihanna um rihanna was at his release party um and he was telling paparazzi it's very serious between us um We do need to, like, talk about their character really quick. Obviously, we've been talking about Travis, and you can read between the lines. Travis is not, like, someone who dates monogamously. Um, You know, he's just not. He's going to cheat on you if you want that. And he has purposely, until now, dated women who don't care about that. And lucky for him, Rihanna is also, even though she's a celebrity, like that. Rihanna, if you go into her blinds, because I had to, like, delve in for this episode, I had to, like, read all her blinds from, like, when she got famous, which is way before Travis, and to 2015. She's, like, the ultimate freak bitch. Like, she's down for anything. She loves to party. She loves sex. Like, you know, they're a good match in that sense, but they're really not because, I don't know, Rihanna picks guys that treat her like shit, and Travis... You know, I, he, he, he cares about Rogine. Like, he doesn't really care about Rihanna. This is another calculated move for him. He's, he's being a social climber. He knows Rihanna is famous. He knows being seen with Rihanna is going to, um, you know, elevate his status. Um, I, that's why I think he wanted them to officially date. Um, and they start officially dating around September 14th. So only two weeks eh, after his record drops. Um, And it's pretty apparent he doesn't give two shits about this relationship. Um, The first blind about them together um, is at a Balmain show Rihanna is in. He is so shit-faced. He, like, can't even walk at the the show. And he at one point passes out onto another person. And he had to be escorted out by security guards. But they tried to make it look as, like, nice as possible because poor Rihanna was in the show. Um... And, you know, in other episodes, I would be like, oh, maybe it's like substance substance abuse problems. But that's never been Travis's problem. Um, He's always done drugs. He's always like dabbled with drugs. Um, He's partied with, you know, the people he's partied. And he he likes drugs. Don't get me wrong. He loves psychedelics, has a penchant for those. He loves weed, likes pills here and there, likes, you know, Molly. But, um... He's always been one of these people who understands when he can be, you know, fucked up, like, and shit-faced, and when he needs to kind of be good to perform. Like, he's a social climber. He, he's not going to fuck up an opportunity. Um, he is always high, like, on weed. But, yeah, he, he's pretty, he has a pretty good understanding of when he can be fucked up and when he cannot. So I think that this kind of just shows how little he cared about this relationship with Rihanna. And it was all about being seen with Rihanna um, because he embarrassed her at a show that, you know, and Rihanna is like Kanye. She is, she very much wanted to be, this is still when she wasn't fully respected, wanted to be respected in the fashion world. So um, 
you know, he, he didn't care. Next blind, I wasn't even sure if I was going to keep in because it's not really relevant to Travis or Rihanna, but the T on this blind is that supposedly the other person involved actually sent it in, like, cause it's been discussed on other blind item sites. Um, and if that's true, I do really feel bad for her. Um, but I hope she knows, I mean, it's been over a decade since the, oh, well not over a decade, but it's been quite a few years since this blind is posted. So, um, yeah, it says that, um, Daisha Polanco, um, she's an orange is the new black actress hooked up with Travis after he was at a club with her and he convinced her that he was single. He basically was like, nope, I'm not dating anyone. Um, they hooked up and then the next day when they had an event together, he was with Rihanna and he essentially was like, acted like he'd never met her. It was like, oh, hello, you know, this is Rihanna, my girlfriend, um, which is, you know, horrible if that's true. Um, but, you know, I just hope Daisha has, comfort in the fact that I highly doubt if Rihanna knew she did not give two shits um it does suck for Daisha though I feel for her um you know whether or not it was just supposed to be a one-night stand it, it absolutely sucks that someone you slept with is acting like they don't have a night like they don't even fucking know who you are but you know back to Riri um their relationship was doomed from the start because on paper, even though they're very much alike, Rihanna loves drugs, Travis loves drugs, neither of them are monogamous. Um, it They are very different. And he was dating her for clout and for fame. I don't think it's hard to date Rihanna, but yes, he was fully dating her for that reason. Um, and I don't know. It just feels like he was not happy in this relationship. And I'm not sure if it was because he was jealous of her fame or what, but um, he was constantly picking fights with her. Um, she got him a, well, read between the lines. He, he was asked to walk in an Alexander Wang show in 2016. Um, and, you know, that's obviously because of Rihanna. Um, and he apparently hated it and he didn't do a good job. And he was like, I'm a rapper. I don't, I don't do this kind of stuff, which is like, okay, bro, then why'd you, why, why'd you walk in the show? Um, again, kind of embarrassing her in the fashion world. I don't know, it, like, why he wanted to do that. Um, but, yeah. Um, also, apparently, he was constantly picking fights about the fact that um, Rihanna um, has a long-term, like, little girlfriend, um, Melissa Ford, who is her assistant, her best friend. Um, and apparently, they have, you know, a thing um he i mean it's interesting because melissa's melissa ford is rihanna's rojean car like she's always around because rihanna has love for her i mean i don't know if post 2016 because i read rihanna's blinds up till then um but because of this uh this pod but um at least from when she got famous to 2016 melissa ford is a constant in her life she is her rock you know yeah they have like a a thing constantly um but travis was like it's one thing for us to like have sex with other people it's another thing for you to have this relationship on the side which is so um <laughs> crazy because obviously he has rogine i kind of wonder if this is a thing of like he just has never dated someone that's his equal i mean of course rihanna is superior to travis scott but I mean, this is the first person that he's dated that is not 
at least on the side, an escort. Like, yes, Rihanna, like every rich celebrity woman has had to do shitty things to herself to get famous. Um, but she's not, you know, an escort. <laughs> um, every woman he's been with is a full on yacht girl escort, like at the period where he dated her. Um, and I kind of wonder if like, you know, he does not like the fact that Rihanna has her own money and her own shit. Um, because it just feels like he was picking fights with her for nothing. And I think that, um, obviously we're skipping a little bit ahead, but I think the reason that he can handle being with Kylie, though he does constantly try to humiliate her and belittle her, um, is because Kylie is more of a, like, quiet person. I can definitely see Rihanna um, talking the fuck back. I mean, I've read her blinds. Um, And sadly, I, I think this shows a lot of his character as well as Rihanna picks guys that are a lot of times, I mean, I, I'm praying, I'm crossing my fingers because I love Rocky and I have not really looked at his lines. Um, she, she doesn't pick them well. <laughs> she, picks, she, picks, she picks pieces of shit. Um, obviously, Chris Brown almost killed her. Um, one day we'll do a Rihanna episode and that'll be hard for me. Um, but it kind of comes to a head with them getting into a fight um, in March 2016 on stage. Um, he is the opening act for her. Um, he starts talking shit about her. He's overperforming, which I'm sorry, you're you're performing for a crowd of Rihanna's fans and you're like taking up Rihanna's fans' time. Like, I don't think that they came here to hear Antidote, like, or whatever deep cut from your album at that time. Like, that fucking sucks. Um, eventually, like, I guess he, she came out and they got into a big argument um and he threatened to shoot her um so yeah um he got kicked off of her tour um and yeah he well they didn't say he got kicked off to the tour but um he stopped like uh, like quite a few locations were canceled and it was said like oh he just can't continue because he's got too many other obligations but they break up at this point and um good because stay the fuck away from rihanna um, but you know, 2016 isn't over. And I want to talk about, um, one of the probably best things Travis Scott has ever done. Um, I'm not giving him a pass. I think that he's a piece of shit who's actively involved and complacent in, you know, women being put in situations like Rogine. Um, I'm sure he's abused so many women like Rogine, but because he has this like soft spot for her I'm not gonna pretend to get in his head and understand his mind because I just don't understand people (laughs) like this but he did go and get her um well she becomes based in California now and you know the the rumor is that he got her her papers um because she became an American citizen at this time but we can read between the lines I mean strings were pulled um but I mean that's that's a great thing um at least for Rogine, you know, so many of these women are held hostage by the fact they can't move around. Like all of their, you know, all of their, their licenses, their IDs, their passports are taken from them and they, they can't move. So they're forced into this life. Um, so I'm glad that she got her agency back. Um, who knows the last time she was able to hold her own, you know, things and travel on her own. 
allegedly, of course. Um, but, you know, career-wise, things are going great for him. Um, Pick Up the Phone comes out by with him and Young Thug, which goes double platinum. Um, a lot of just career stuff is going good for him. Um, that takes us to September 2016, when during Vera Wang Fashion Week, he is seen um, with Karuchi Tran. They're seen kissing and making out in clubs. Um, but they're only seen together for that, um, that fashion event. So they probably just hooked up. Um, Karuchi is an actress and a model. Um, but yeah. After that, he is seen with Justine Skye. Um, October 2016, they start dating and they date for a while. They date until April 2017, um, which is actually when, um, he is first starting to be seen with Kylie. Like that's the first month they started hooking up. Um, you know, (laughs) Justine was friends with Kylie for a lot of the same reasons. A lot of people are friends with Kylie. You know, she's from that yachting world again. Um, she kind of broke out of it, but high, high end at this point, um, that world. And if you know anything about Kylie, her life is really sad. So many of her friends are like, almost actually all of her friends are paid to be her friends, essentially. Um, and Justine was no different. Um, but apparently she just couldn't handle it when like Kylie essentially was like, oh, I'm going to take your, take your boyfriend. Um, but you know, uh, someone should have told her if you hang out with dogs, you're going to, or lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Um, but yeah, I mean, their relationship was more of the same. Um, Justine is from that world of escorts, even though she broke out of it and became a singer. Um, you know, the blind say that he was cheating constantly. Um, and how could she not know? And, you know, certain sites don't get like, don't read, read between the lines. I don't think Justine cared that Travis Scott was cheating. Again, he picks these girls that don't care. Um, you know, Kylie might've been the first to care and that didn't last long before they had an agreement. Um, and now we're here, we're at his relationship with Kylie, which changes his life, turns him into a true A-lister. Um, they, I'm not sure if they met in April, 2017. They had so many like connections, like his ex, Justine Skye, Kanye, um, like they, they have, they ran the same circles. Um, but we gotta like, we're, this is going to be the shortest, like most baseline version of this. Kylie literally had just gotten out of a relationship that had gone on for years with Tyga, um, that had like been her entire adolescence. Kylie, um, met Tyga when she was 14 years old. He actually sang at Kendall's sweet 16 birthday party, Kendall Jenner. Um, and (laughs) you know, they were friendly. And then, um, in 2016 or not in 2016, in 2013, when she was 16, um, supposedly they secretly started dating. Um, but who knows, you know, how long he's been sleeping with Kylie. Um, yeah, I mean, their relationship was extremely toxic. I mean, you can read blinds about it. It's just, uh, it's so sad, you know, like no matter how you feel about Kylie, um, you know, as someone who was in a relationship like that when I was younger, I mean, you read these blinds and it's, it's sad to see, you know, it's just awful. I mean, she was absolutely a hundred percent groomed by this guy. Um, and you know, she got stuck in this like toxic cycle of, um, that relationship. Um, you know, he was constantly cheating on her, treating her like shit. Um, yeah. And I mean, (laughs) 
I don't know. It's sad. Um, Kylie also, as we know, kind of secretly, again, no surprise, Drake is a pedo or a hebophile. Um, you know, he, she was also seeing Drake, which was like her thing where she was cheating on, um, um, Tyga, <laughs> allegedly. Um, like she, there was like kind of a huge beef between them because apparently, you know, her and Drake had an on and off thing. Meanwhile, Tyga was cheating on her all the time, but whatever. Um, Kylie says that they, you know, never had beef. Of course she, her quote about their relationship was that I wrote down is there was absolutely nothing wrong between me and T. We actually never fought, which might be true because she's a kid. We decided, well, I decided I'm really too young and I don't want to look back in five years and resent him or feel like he took something from me because he's never been that kind of person. Again, like that's sad. It just, you, you, you can read between the lines. That's awful. Um, but she probably needed to wait a little bit longer before she got into a relationship because she broke up with Tyga March 2017 and it was actually supposed to be just them taking a break. But that's not the case. Um, in a, on April 7, 2017, we see pictures of her cuddling with Travis at a party. Um, and basically, like, this is in People magazine. Like, this isn't even a blind. Like, this is mainstream stuff. Um, it's apparent. It's been the story is that she was trying to get Tyga jealous. Um, she does this a lot. It probably is the same thing with Drake where she'll, like, hook up or hang out with guys purposely to, like, make Tyga mad. Um, But in this case, um, it seems like they started hooking up around April. Um, And internet sleuths, greater than I, have um, figured out that because uh, Stormy, their child, was born February 8th, February 1st, 2018, she was probably conceived around, um, May 1st, um, which means they were not even dating three months, like they, like, admit, like, once, like, they had to pull teeth, admitted to, they were dating 24 days when she got pregnant. Obviously, pregnancy is not, like, it's, it could be give or take, but about a month, three weeks to a month, they had been dating when she got pregnant and I'm gonna go into this really quick I people often think like she must have like calculated getting pregnant I am not one of those people that thinks she's calculated getting pregnant I think she was a crazy girl that was on a rebound you know 20 years old leaving the first like like serious and important relationship of her life and she was just acting out um I don't think that was planned. I do think, of course, them keeping the baby was a calculated move. I think, you know, in late May, Kylie figured out she was pregnant. um, And I think that Kris Jenner saw an opportunity to make the new Kim and Kanye for this generation. Um, Of course, (laughs) Travis is not Kanye and Kylie is not Kim. Um, But I I do think Kris really wanted to shape Kylie into the next Kim. I think, especially this time, 2016, 2017, think of Kylie back then, like the lip kits and the, like she was really um, stripping Kylie of anything that made her 
unique and was like, okay, she's going to be the new Kim. And I think that, um, this is like getting off topic, but I'm just going to talk about it. I think that Kendall was the one that was meant to be like the next it girl from that family. But I just think that Kendall's queerness, like, and also like general boringness, though Kylie's boring too. No, I think it's her her queerness that made Chris like, this is not going to work. Because remember, literally all throughout the show when they were kids and adolescents it was always Kendall that was like the beautiful one and the oh like she's the next it girl whereas like Kylie was the quirky weird one so I don't know I think that Kylie got pregnant I think she went to Chris her mom and was like what do I do like any you know 20 something would do and she saw the writing on the wall Tyga had not had a big hit since 2011 and I'm sure that Chris knew that and was weighing that like in her head and was like, mm, he can't, he's never going to be marketable. He's on the end of his, like, he's on the tail end of his career. He's not done anything great since. He's essentially just a pimp at this point. He has nothing um, to give. He lives off of Kylie and other depraved things that he does. Um, meanwhile, Travis is on the upward for his career. Um, so I'm sure she was like, you're keeping the baby. And we'll figure out a way to get this guy on board. So how did she get this guy on board? I'm sure Travis was not jumping for joy that, you know, a girl he had known for a month or maybe he had known her a little bit before that in passing, but a woman who was essentially an acquaintance that he had been hooking up with for a month was now pregnant with his baby. Well, he's a social climber. He knows how rich she is. Um, she He knows how much exposure she has. And then, <laughs> well... That same month, um, Travis Scott announces that he is launching his own record label, Cactus Jack Records. Um, He said that he was not doing it because he just he wanted control of his masters or that he wanted financial control over his music. He wanted first and foremost to help other artists launch new names and provide opportunities. That's beautiful. Um, But (laughs) he has pretty much used it to get back his, get himself into a better contract, get his master's. Um, And yes, he signed some people, usually in conjunction with other labels, because his label really is for him to get the best deal possible. Um, Really, the only big name he's ever signed is Smoke Perp, which he signs um, in September of that year. but he doesn't he doesn't stay long and when he leaves well he does he stays till 2019 um but when smoke perp leaves he's like i'm leaving because um i wasn't getting the attention i needed as an artist under travis's label so yeah um i think that chris jenner came went to travis and said listen what do you want um you know you'll always be taken care of it it of in this family you'll be investing in your future if you marry into this family um you know i can offer you whatever you want and we can figure it out in exchange for you to be quiet go along and be a good family man at least to the cameras and travis who always never has said no to power or money was like sure where do i sign Um, I think Cactus Jack Records is a gift from the Kardashian family to Travis um, so that Travis will fall in line. And they do this with every man. Um, You know, Scott, uh, you know, Scott, Travis, uh, the other Travis, Lamar Odom, 
um, oh my God, who's, who's, uh, Chloe's current man, Tristan, you know, all these guys, they find their number and they, they give it to them. This, that's why guys that don't fall in line don't work. Chris Humphreys was never going to work. Kanye, you know, was always a wild card. I think that's why they wanted him quiet for so many years because he was so, um, you know, he's a loose cannon for better or for worse. They want guys like Travis and Travis has always wanted to be like on that level. So I'm sure he had no problem going, you know what? That's fine. Um, I'll go along with it. And uh, very cute. They also get matching tattoos in May. Yay. Bonded. Also around this time, he begins promoting Astroworld. It's named after a Houston theme park that he used to go to um, by the same name. It went under and is now no longer there. Um, actually, it was abandoned. Um, he would actually put his first Astroworld shows there at that defunct um, theme park. Um, I liked that. I mean, I don't, I don't like him. But I liked kind of like him tying it in. I felt like that was what he's been saying since he was a kid. Like these sort of nightmarish visual themes. So, yeah. I, but I do also think it's like kind of creepy that like around the time he's dating, you know, Kylie, he's like, okay, now it's time for Astroworld. But, you know, um, he talks about it and is like, I'm going into album mode and I'm um, going to make sure it's released by 2018, which it is released in 2018. But we're still not done with 2017. So in July 2017, um, Kylie gets her uh, Taiga tattoo removed, um, <laughs> which is funny. I just wanted to put that in because it's silly. You know, it's her year of realizing things. Um, and then in August, Chris says that she loves Travis. Um, she comes out and talks about what a sweet guy Travis is and how she feels like he's going to be a perfect member of the family. And, you know, whenever Chris comes out with a cheery review of a guy like that, I'm like, mm -hmm. I mean, she'd say it no matter what. But it, in Chris's case, or in this case, I felt like Chris was welcoming him into the family fully. He had done what he, he had held up his side of the bargain and um, he had fell in line. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, well, right now Kylie is on tour with him, but um, pretty much immediately after they move in together. Um, so it's very fast. I also do think this is kind of like a trauma response. Like a lot of the like mainstream articles I was reading at the time were like, so cute. They, um, they're together all the time, but like she, got him via cheating she's been cheated on she knows that travis is a hoe like i'm not sure if like the reason she felt like she needed to be a groupie for a year was because while pregnant by the way was because she just loves being around him like every minute of every day maybe maybe he, she does you know i'm a bitter old bitch but i don't know you know i i, I feel like if you're pregnant you want to be at home so but, you know, she followed him the whole tour. Um, and then in September, we get some, um, you know, it's a, it's a busy month for him. Um, he encouraged a fan to jump off a balcony. Um, and the fan jumped and became paralyzed. Um, and this is the first time he's sued. Well, it's not the first time, but this is the first time it, like, gets really serious, the case. Because 
he he there is video evidence of him being like jump 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 and this is so common at his stuff like we, we've been talking about it for years now but he always brags about having this special relationship with his fans and like getting them rowdy but you know uh, he i don't know they, like i can respect that kind of culture but like if you don't care about those people when they get hurt like it's it's fucked so it, it's sad um he did have to pay out that person. Um, he also paid out, supposedly, um, Rogine again. Because Rogine enrolls in the University of California this September. Um, we start seeing her with um, cards, like study cards, journals. Um, and she, like, thanks someone cryptically for, like, a start at a new life. Which is, you know... Um, I don't think she got rid of her old life, by the way. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, it's really cool that if if he did help her or whoever it was. I mean, it doesn't have to be Travis because she, you know. But I feel like it was Travis. Like, that's cool, I guess. Um, the pregnancy rumors also start in September. People start really questioning Kylie about being pregnant. They're like, like, she, she looks pregnant. Um... But they denied it. Obviously, they denied it until Stormy was born. So, um, Also, the blinds say around this time um, in September, like starting in the fall, um, Travis gets really um, gets back to his old ways. Um, he was hooking up with two women, according to the blinds, in September, September 23rd. Um, they said that at the door, they were told to sign an NDA um, because he's afraid of the momager. Um, but, you know, it only took him a few months to figure out something to keep hoeing, so. And I mean, at least he makes them sign NDAs. Like, at least he's not Tristan. But yeah, he has an, a collab album come out, um, Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho, um, under his Cactus Jack records. Um, it charts at number three on the billboard 200 again you know we hear whisperings of him having this you know he's takes part in stream manipulation um which you know is no surprise since he's been doing it since he came up also in december um the blinds say he had group sex in his hotel with a bunch of strippers um and this, one of the strippers that the blind um, is tipped off from says that he likes to have unprotected sex and she had unprotected sex with him and so did quite a few of the strippers. So, yeah. Um, oof. Um, but his track record kind of, like, I don't know, that doesn't really surprise me. It also says um, in mid-2017 that he hooked up with Black China. Um, Black China, we all know, wants to torment that family as much as possible. She's like the thorn in Chris's side. So I definitely believe it. Um, it says that it's her new, like the blind says that it's her new idea and new way to create tension and upset in the family. And she's been hooking up with him since December. So that doesn't surprise me. And the blinds get kind of repetitive that he's a serial cheater. But, like, I don't understand why anyone would be surprised if you dated a girl for a month, got, like, contracted into staying with her for money, essentially, and fame. And 
yeah, I mean, how much does he really care about her, you know? Um, and even if he did care about her, he'd still cheat on her because that's what he does. Um, but we start January 2018 with a blind about two women claiming to be pregnant by Travis. Um, I always take pregnancy blinds with a um, pinch of salt, but because he has so... We're going to go through his, like, his blinds as with his relationship with Kylie. He is so many blinds about him having to pay out women to get abortions pay out women to um you know ndas like (laughs) unprotected sex um i don't know what happened with kylie you know i i think that he got like the level of fame he wanted but he's essentially in a kardashian cage and i think just like with rihanna because he was jealous he like starts acting out because he becomes, like, a turbo thought. Like, even bigger, like, even more of a whore than he used to be. And more of a piece of shit than he used to be. Which he's never been, like, that great of a guy. But, um, February 1st, Stormy Webster is born. We get the video and the, you know, the tweet. Sorry for keeping guys in the dark, Kylie. Um, yeah. Um, and February 17th, um... Travis Scott is arrested for inciting a riot. Um, He encouraged kids to jump the barricades. They pushed it over. Um, He was charged with disorderly conduct, inciting a riot, and endangering minors. Um, You know, (laughs) he was only held for like a few hours because he paid his bond. Um, But you're seeing like the consequences of like in 2017, someone got paralyzed. Um, This one, people got trampled. Um, you know, not, not dead yet. Um, but we're seeing it get, it's escalating. It's escalating. He, um, has always had this aggressive kind of concert energy, but it's getting, he has too many people and he does not take responsibility. So it's getting worse and worse. Um, but you know, no real punishment. So I'm sure he takes it with a grain of salt. Um, in, on March 3rd, um, Pictures come out um, <laughs> of Kylie in this, like, super rare Ferrari push that's one, worth $1.4 million. Um, And on, like, her posts and stuff, she says it's from uh, Travis. And, you know, she's so impressed with him, like, picking out a car that she's liked for so long. Um, interestingly enough, though, the blinds say that Chris picked out that car. Um, and also... <laughs> paid for the car and just said, Travis, um, I'm going to buy Kylie a car for you. Tell her that it's your, that you bought the car. And he said, okay. Um, and that really, that really checks out to me because the, the car post come March 3rd and then he is seen, um, having a winter, winter vacation, um, March 8th, like just a, just a week later, um, and you know who else is having, like, a wintry vacation? Um, Rogine. Like, it's so crazy how they just always are, like, together. Like, their Instagram posts are just of them doing the same things, the same places, but they're not together, you know? Um, I don't know what happens here, um, because Rogine has always been in the background of his relationships, but 2018 is, like, the year of him, like, flaunting her. And I'm not sure if he just like really resented the situation he had put himself in or if he just realized like it didn't matter like because he 
figured out that like unless he publicly embarrasses her like in a really apparent way like pulls a Tristan um they're not going to address it because they don't like that kind of media um so yeah um him and Rogine go on vacation in March they post Instagram posts in the same like place he posts his March 8th she posts hers March 11th um interestingly while he is literally um in Aspen skiing with Rogine um (laughs) this story comes out um that he proposed to Kylie and they're getting engaged the blinds say that that is complete bullshit um and again it was a Kris Jenner plant Kris really wanted this to be like a Kim and Kanye like I can I I think she lays up at night and is like, where did I go wrong? Like, I, I, this guy was supposed to be the one. But, you know, win some, you lose some. I, and I, I mean, she hasn't lost yet. I'm sure she's got a reform Travis for the media plan already coming. I'm sure the Hulu show is going to be full of propaganda about why we should love Travis Scott. But, yeah, this is kind of the time of, like, Rogine pressing Kylie. Um, I'm not really sure if, like... She just, like, the power balance changed when Kylie had a baby and Rogine kind of felt threatened or upset or maybe, you know, just Travis was being bolder so she felt like she could be bolder. I don't know why Rogine in 2018 was like, <laughs> I'm going to let the bitch know. Um, who knows if, you know, because, like, she's been behind the scenes for so many relationships and never caused problems. Um, you know, who knows if Chris or, or a Kardashian people started, like, threatening her or... You know, they do all sorts of shady, dark shit behind the scenes. So who knows why? But um, <laughs> still in March, um, she posted, tell your baby daddy I said thanks and posted her flashing um, what looked like like a fancy watch, um, which is interesting because Kylie and had posted a picture with Travis where they both had matching watches and they were like, I don't know, like drip, like couple drip or something like that. Um, so I don't know if she was pressing her on that. Um, the blinds say that actually at this time, um, in the end of March, Kylie buys, um, Travis an expensive gift. And it said, it's like, why does she always do this? Like she did this with Tyga too. Like this guy cheats on you and you buy him gifts to beg him to be with you. Like that's so pathetic. And that is true about Kylie's blinds. Kylie is like at her core, a very insecure person. And I don't know. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know. Um, But she, like, between Chris telling her that she has to stay with this person and then her feeling like shit, I think that that's where we get this whole thing of her buying them crazy gifts. But um, apparently she gave him, like, rented out um, something. uh, What was it? Oh, um, Six Flags, like, bought him a new car, like, a bunch of different stuff just randomly in March. Um probably to get him away from Rogine, but yeah, it doesn't last long. Till he's back in these streets. And but by the way, just because I'm saying, oh, this is the next time he cheated, he probably is cheating all the time. We just don't have every, like, not every moment is going to get to us. Some people honor NDAs. <laughs> um, but apparently at the Met Gala, I love Met Gala blinds, um, which he went to with Kylie, um, he was hitting on Laura Harrier, 
who I guess is an actress, and I'm just blanking on anything I've seen her in. Um, but he got really upset when she turned him down, and she like he like cursed her out. So charming, but he didn't cheat that night. In June of 2018, Rogine posts on her story, how many times do you block and unblock me a day, girl? With a, like, thinking emoji and a bunch of laughing and crying emojis. Um, and it's Kylie's Instagram. Um, which, like, yeah, that's that makes sense to me. And in July, Rogine and Travis are seen at the same casino. They post their Instagram posts a week apart this time really smart guys really careful um but they also tag the location um so it's the same place and everyone can tell um yeah it's they also take pictures in essentially like the same spot um i don't know there's something so like flagrant about this and i do think that like travis loves fame and loves power and loves money above all else but i also do think like before he got in the Kardashian, I don't think he realized what the how bad the Kardashian cage was going to be. And I think, like I said a little bit earlier, that's why he be, he starts acting out so badly. He's always been a piece of shit. Like basically, once he got a little bit of fame, he just became a jerk. But like he really starts acting out when he's with Kylie, and I think it's because first of all, he's immune. He's part of the Kardashian machine, and also he's like fuck. Like I'm not in control of my life anymore. So I think. Rogine is almost like an act of rebellion, keeping Rogine around. And um, eventually he does give her up um, because they just, you know, it, it, it takes a very, very strong person to go against the Kardashian machine. I'm looking at you, Black China. August 2018 um, is a huge moment for him, though. Um, Astro World is released. Um, it's released to critical acclaim. Um, his leading single off that album, Sicko Mode, um, goes to the top of the charts. Um, he is just, you know, he's on a, do- a new level. Um, and he had this vision for Astroworld. Like I said, it takes a lot from his childhood. Like, he's always had these visions for Astroworld, this sort of, like, creepy, childish, nightmare kind of energy. Psychedelic is, I feel like he took from other people. I will say also, um, you know, we all know Tyler came out with his own festival, like, before Travis, so I don't know. But um, he renovates the defunct um, festival in his town, Carnival Astroworld. Um, Obviously, he named Astroworld after that carnival. Um, And they have a concert there he allows 40,000 people in for him to perform in Houston and this is kind of when he becomes at least to some people a hometown hero like they people love him there um but this is also when um we start seeing people getting really injured um at his concerts um after this point um basically he doesn't go a concert without someone being really hurt um, he partnered with Live Nation, um, Cactus Jack Records is partnered with Live Nation for live shows like this, um, and Live Nation has received so many OSHA complaints, um, it's had 750 registered injuries and 200 deaths, um, OSHA has been calling for a revamp of the way um, this company handles concerts for a while now. Um, but, you know, almighty dollar, it really hasn't happened yet. Um, 
But now I'm going to get into the unhinged part of this because we're here. And, um, you know, you don't have to believe me. You can, like, believe everything else, believe nothing. Um, But I do think that um, to be an A-lister, you need to give something up. I think a lot of women and child stars, like, say, Justin Bieber, get away with not having to do anything really too bad because they give up something so precious when they're young. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like, their their whole childhoods are ruined because they're tormented. Um, but I think a lot of adult stars, especially not just men, sometimes women too, um, are asked to, but mostly like male stars that are adults that don't have much to lose, um, are asked to give something up. Like, to become an A-list star, to be syndicated, um, to be part of that world. Like, whether you believe it's a spiritual thing or an energetic thing, energetic thing, um, you know, they're asked to do this because to enter that circle, you need to have something they can blackmail you on as well. Um, and I think Travis didn't name any of his family members to give up. Um, his gram, his grandpa died when he was pretty young. That's the only person that's died in his family. I think he pulled a, um, I shouldn't say, um, but he, I think he decided to give up fans and obviously that's not someone close to you. So you need more people. Um, so I think that's why his shows become such a, um, they've always been crazy experiences, but it becomes like a dangerous um, experience where almost at every show someone is getting injured. Um, and then eventually I think this leads up to, um, the Astro World tragedy. Um, I do think it's purposeful. You, you don't have to think that. I just want to put that out there that I think that this is when he is starting to pay his dues, so to say. Travis, of course, though, isn't satisfied with, um, you know, the amount of money he's making, which is, you know, the most he's ever made. He also, um, with his company, um, is creating these bundle deals. So um, people can go out and buy a ticket or buy merch and they get vice versa. So his ticket sales, or not his ticket sales, his stream sales are very, very inflated. Um, Like, it doesn't matter if you already bought the record, like, you'll get it again. So um, a few days after this drops, his, like, I don't know if anyone else remembers this. I do because I love Nikki. Um, Nikki like randomly called him out on Queen Radio and was like, but it sounded so unhinged. I think people just sided with Travis and Kylie because she was like on Queen Radio like, this is bullshit. Um, Queen was supposed to debut at number one because her album dropped and it debuted at number two. And she was like, all because people want to see Kylie and the baby, Um, which people were like, "Why, why is she beefing with a baby? But, which, like, mood, like, Nikki's such a Sagittarius, like, she's so nuts, but, um, yeah, Queen Radio was always unhinged, like, it was absolutely a fever dream, um, but when you, like, peel back the layers, she's kind of right that, like, he, like, everything was bundled, so, and this is banned now, you can't do this anymore, again, he's always, like, on the forefront of finding ways to inflate his numbers, um, like, 
he, you would, like, buy tickets to his concert, and you would get another, like, another digital copy of his album. You'd buy VIP tickets, so you could meet, like, do a meet and greet, because he was doing meet and greet, so that's what she's talking about. And Kylie went on tour with him um, a little bit later, um, like, full-time. Again, you know, watching her man. But um, you'd get two albums then, because you were not just buying a concert ticket, but you were also buying um, uh, VIP tickets, um, and then on top of that, you got merch. So now you've bought three, you have three digital copies of this album, which are probably sitting in your Apple library library, and you're never going to look at because there's three of them. Um, maybe if you're such a big Travis fan, you've already bought the album. Um, so you see what I'm saying here? Like his numbers were extremely inflated. Um, around this time, 2018, we start seeing protections against like bots like what Shane used to do for him stream inflation um so it's crazy that he figured out another way to like inflate his sales and by the way like even though now there are like in late 2018 like late like the late 2010s on there is now protection against stream inflation it absolutely still happens I mean stands find a way and you know celebrities find a way but yeah I mean she had every right to call him out she just <laughs> did it in a Nikki way. So everyone was like, this bitch is crazy. But, um, she's right. I mean, Queen on album sales alone would have beat him if he hadn't done this bundling deal. But, you know, this is his most successful endeavor ever. Um, you know, you go in with the Kardashians, you're going to become successful. But like I said, um, he's always been dark. He's always been a piece of shit, but things start getting really dark. Um, before we get into that, I do want to talk about, um, this, other lawsuit that happened to him. Um, an anonymous woman sued him in 2018, um, around this time because she said she was trampled, pummeled, assaulted due to stampede-like conditions due to Travis Scott encouraging his fans to rush the stage. Again, you know, whether you believe there, like it's something spiritually dark-sided or you just look at the logistics of this thing, he constantly is encouraging his fans to hurt themselves. He's had someone become paralyzed. He's had someone, um, you know, his, his, one of his supposed friends, he left because he was having a seizure and his crowds are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he doesn't care. He's not taking account for the fact that these people are, you know, there's 40,000 of them, 50,000 of them. He just doesn't care. So whether you think it's something spiritual or you think it's something that he just is a sociopath or you think it's just whatever, you know, people are getting hurt at his shows. Um, but you know, he doesn't give two shits. Um, then we get into October. That's the next time we have some blinds after the lawsuit. Um, and it basically says, this A-list rapper is pretty much only a co-parent in the relationship with his ex. Sure, they hang out, but he has at least two other serious girlfriends besides his main mistress that he rotates through. And one of those girlfriends is pregnant. The A-list reality star is pretty much an afterthought when it comes to being his girlfriend. Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner. And I definitely believe that. I think that, like I said... Um, in May, Chris came to him, basically said, this is what you'll get if you stay in this relationship and you are okay with her being pregnant and you don't like publicly embarrass her. But you know, the honeymoon phase ends. I mean, it's been a few months now. He's kind of realizing, like I said, what he's put himself into. Um, and I think that he like with like putting Rogine everywhere, like he's, you know, money empowered is it worth your freedom? You know what I mean? Because even though he was a piece of shit before, he was like a free piece of shit. Now he's a piece of shit that has to like constantly consider what Chris wants for the family. And once you go into that family, um, 
you know, there's two options. You either never get out like Scott or you get out and you are publicly flayed by the media because the media is in every like every source of media, especially like Hollywood media sucks Chris Chris's dick. Like you're not getting out of that without, um, you know, getting stories planted about you because actually around this time we start hearing that Travis has depression, which we've never heard before. They always like to plant these, um, you know, mental illness seeds. And I'm not saying he doesn't have uh, depression. Um, but it's interesting that now it's starting to come out when he's having a rocky period with Kylie that, um, there was like this whole moment on the show where Chloe said that Travis, um, was like depressed and sleeping in when he was there. And like, I don't know, (laughs) you know, you can read between the lines. I, I don't know if he was depressed or if he just realized the shit he'd got him gotten himself into, but like no fucking sympathy later that month. Um, more blinds are coming out about how he's getting like really fucked up again. Like he's often like completely wasted and blacked out. Um, um, we talked about it when he was dating Rihanna, he kind of got like a little over the top. Um, but this time it seems like he starts getting really over the top and he never like kind of pulls back. Cause like I said, he always like throughout his life has had a very good like, um, gauge of when he's getting too fucked up um all the time like he's always been good at that I think that you know money being his first and foremost like love he has always made sure he's like put money first because money is his like you know god um but yeah he now is like you know Astroworld dropped August uh 2018 he still has not put out another album he does these collab albums via his label where like there's a ton of other people on them, but he hasn't put out an album in four years as of, well, almost four years. Um, cause it's 20, February, 2022 now. So, you know, three and almost something few months, it's going to be four years. And yeah, I mean, he has this period of getting really fucked up and obviously we're going to get like fast forward and utopia was supposed to come out, but like, that's not coming out now because of this whole, you know, he's canceled right now. So yeah, but this is where the blinds get absolutely fucking atrocious. Um, another blind in late October, um, says that he was having, um, again, this theme, like I said, when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, he is having like group sex with tons of women at once. Um, it says that sometime in mid October, he had, um, five women come up to his bedroom. He made them all signed NDAs before they came up. Um, they all also had to undress before they entered his bedroom. Um, and the women that like spilled the tea on this said that he calls, like he has called them several times to like reconnect and do this again. Um, he often is trying to organize more like threesomes and foursomes. He doesn't like having sex one-on-one anymore, apparently. Um, and apparently his bed like is designed to have like at least four to five people in it. Um, and also now his team is making these women also hand over their phones, um, and their clothes before they enter his bedroom. Um, his bedroom's locked with a passcode that security guard has to, um, put in for these women to enter his room. So the paranoia is getting high. The degeneracy is getting even higher. It's just like, it's getting to that crazy elite level where you start hearing this like really scary shit, um. I never like when I hear a celebrity is taking women's phones. You know things are getting dark, depraved, evil when that's starting to happen. 
Um, you know, Leo does it. JB at his like worst did it. Like it's never good when a cel- R. Kelly. I mean, it's never good when a celebrity is making his partner not only sign an NDA, he's taking their phone, and I mean, they can't even wear clothes. So it's getting, we're getting there to that really, really black-sided, dark-sided energy. But, you know, the Kardashians come to clean up messes. Um, again, she joins, Kylie joins Travis on on tour, November 2018, with the baby. Um, she joins him on tour. Um, you know, it's spun as this thing where they missed each other so much. And, you know, she just needed to be by his side. But we all know why. I mean, you can, I, I just listened to the last blind. He's getting out of control. Um, eventually, something like that would have leaked. Um, the blinds in November say Chris started planting, um, engagement stories again. Um, she apparently was really pressuring Travis to, um, maybe propose to her. Um, I don't know why Chris, like, well, I do know why, like I said, it's the Kim Kanye thing. She really wanted this to go. Um, but you know, the blinds say (laughs) he never stopped cheating on her as we know, and he has no interest in marrying her they said if he does break down and marry her which we know didn't happen um but it will lead to divorce eventually one of the women he sleeps with each week will break an nda or one of them will get pregnant and refuse to terminate also in november we get another blind that um travis was too fucked up to film a music video um which you know like i said he's getting to this point where he's like not he's too fucked up um he can't do it anymore because he's wasted all the time. Um, so this music video project apparently was like completely scrapped because he just literally couldn't do it. So, yeah. Same thing with um, the tour. It basically says since um, Kylie is literally watching his every move, following him everywhere, is literally the minute he goes on stage, she's backstage waiting for him like, not letting him out of her sight, um, ever during this tour, he turned to a different vice to abuse, um, it says that in December, um, the reason that his tour, like, he's hours late every day is because he's so fucked up, um, and his team also is so fucked up that they don't get him together, um, it also says that Kylie was getting fucked up pretty much every day, um, with him, um, so, the tour was a fucking mess. Um, they said that Stormy was essentially with the nanny at all times during this tour because Kylie wouldn't let Travis out of her sight. And um, they were both getting fucked up at all times. Like, they were destroyed to the point where a lot of times shows had to be um, delayed or cut short or not. He didn't go on at all because he was just so fucked up all the time. So, yeah, Travis is more fucked up than he's ever been before. Um, And there are a lot of blinds for December 2018. So, you know, buckle up. Um, Also, mainstream, he says um, him and Kylie are going to get married soon. Um, Which, obviously, Chris's pressure is starting to weigh on him. Um, He said it in his documentary, um, Look, Mom, I Can Fly. And he also said it... um, in a Rolling Stone magazine interview. Well, he said different things, but basically essentially the same thing. Um, Obviously, this is pressure, and he's also fucked up out of his mind. So 
who knows? Um, but he said, um, me and Kylie will get married soon. I've just got to sturdy up, straighten up. I've got to propose in a fire way too. He also said, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I need her with me to operate. She's the one. She's always with me. You know, <laughs> I don't know. The next blind says that um, Kim doesn't particularly like Travis um, and has been like complaining to Kanye about it. Um, and it's been leading to arguments between them because um, Kanye likes Travis um, and people are like wondering the motivation between behind her not liking him some uh she said it's because she doesn't like the way he treats him which kim loves to have a superiority complex because all of her sisters get cheated on and so does she but like you know kanye was always like super super in love with her so you know she always got to get that superiority that's why i love courtney and travis barker by the way because finally kim has to deal with the fact that yeah other men can treat women well and and can like treat them really well um but (laughs) you know, she gets to feel very superior right now. Um, but some people wonder if the motive is jealousy because Chris puts so much work into Travis and Kylie's relationship, um, which I definitely could see. I could definitely see that. Um, especially this is like a little bit before Kim like finds her new footing, like in this nouveau political realm. So yeah, the blinds say that Kim didn't like Travis at first, um, and was, yeah, not, not with it. Um, the next blind after that um, says that um, Travis, who's always have, had a hand in his work, not always written his own songs, which this is like a thing with rappers. People are, it's like very taboo. Not like, it's pretty common that rappers don't write their songs. Like it's a thing where they have to claim they've written everything, but they, they don't, um, especially when they're on that level. Um, but it says that he's always kind of been involved. I, I've always, I've always seen Travis as more of a producer than a lyricist, um, but it says that um, around now, he's just like, everything is out of his hands. People are picking the beats. People are um, writing what he needs to write. Um, and he hasn't written an original song in months. He's like literally just going into the studio, um, taking whatever is handed to him and babbling over the beat because he's super fucked up. Um, it also says in December that um, he doesn't care about politics. He doesn't care about causes, which like, yeah, obviously. Um he only cares about money, um, and but he does care about not pissing off Chris. Um, so it's a full 50-50 whether he's going to um, perform. So I don't know if you guys remember, because I had to look this up when I read this blind. I was like, what is this about? Um, he performed at the Super Bowl in 2019 um, with Maroon 5. Basically, this was like at the like the head of when Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick was kneeling for police brutality. Um, and um, a lot of people felt like, they were just trying to find a black artist to like perform with them. Um, and a lot of black artists refused to go. Um, and then Travis was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, obviously he was wasted and he didn't care either way. Even if he was sober, I'm sure he would have gone cause all he cares about is money. Um, but apparently Chris like gave him a lashing for that and was like, we need to figure out a way to make this look better while still getting you <laughs> to do that show. Um, but uh, the blind, which is pretty funny, and I just want to add, they said that um, what they do know for sure is no matter what happens, he'll be getting wasted for the show. <laughs> um, in January, um, there is so much backlash over um, <laughs> Travis being the one to break um, break the picket line, so to say. Um, like Rihanna turned it down, like a lot of big stars turned it down, and now um, you know they had a black star with uh, Maroon Five. 
um, and people were really mad about it. Um, people were so mad about it, um, particularly on Twitter. You know, when black Twitter gets mad, um, can be pretty dangerous. Um, <laughs> they, uh, TMZ actually ran a negative story about Travis Scott, which is crazy because Kim, I mean, or Chris is, TMZ is Chris's baby. I mean, you can go on TMZ. They have a Kardashian section, like, solely for the Kardashians. And, I mean, they just, they are so biased. I mean, I saw recently they, like, ran a story about, like, poor Travis is going out to the club even though people are being so mean to him right now. Like, he's, this is the first time he's gone out in months. Like, shut up. Like, literally shut up. But, um, yeah, they ran a negative story because the backlash was so bad. Um, and this is when we get that, like, really cringy PR um, moment where Travis is, like, <laughs> tweets Colin Kaepernick and is, like, what do you, like, do I have your permission to do this? Because I'll back out because if you say no because, you know, I, I'm uneducated and um, <laughs> I just want, you know, to be part of the, like, I want to be, fall in line with the movement, whatever. Um, and Colin just said, like, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's fine that you do it, but, like, donate the money you make to good causes which is hilarious because I'm sure that was like the only reason Travis was doing this to begin with but he got cornered um so he donated all of his earnings from the um halftime performance to um Dream Corps which is a um charity organization for prison reform um and then the NFL also donated and so did Maroon 5 altogether it came out to like $500,000 was donated which I mean, is a lot, but really, like, when you split it, like, did they really all give that much? I doubt Travis gave all of his earnings. Maybe. I don't know. He was just a featured artist, so maybe it was, you know, just a quarter of a mil. Um, or a little bit less. But it all went to Dream Corps, Corps, or in Maroon 5's case, they donated it to Big Brother, Big Sister of, Big Sisters of America. Um, so, I mean, all that drama, at least it went to a good cause. Um, but more tea about that I mean first of all the it no matter what like even though he went and like he had Colin's blessing it was like universally panned um some of the reviews of this halftime show were it was dull instantly forgettable boring lackluster terrible um it was just completely panned like people hated it um I mean I get it like have you ever like Maroon 5 is the band you're picking and then the rapper you're picking is Travis Scott I've never been less excited um, but apparently, like, the show was shit. Um, but more tea about it. Um, also, he was forced to have a sober coach. Like, for a full week before, um, he performed, they, because he's been destroyed since, like, what was it, November 2018? Like, he's not been, yeah, whenever he, yeah, November 2018 is when Kylie joined him on tour. He's been destroyed. He hasn't, like, been sober for, like, a day, four months. Um, so he had to have a sober coach, um, with him a week, for a week straight, um, before the, um, halftime performance, because the NFL was like, you're not going to embarrass like our organization. So yeah. Um, and like nonstop while he had to be sober for a week, he just was talking about how destroyed he was going to get, um, when he was allowed to get fucked up again. So, <laughs> you know, cause and effect because the next blind is about him cheating. Well, it's actually a mixture of a blind item and not essentially, um, Rogine posted this picture of herself um, in the mirror, looking very beautiful. And um, in the background, there were shoes. Um, and I'm not a sneakerhead, but they, I, I, they're identifiable shoes. Um, and then, like, a few hours later, 
um, on Travis's story because this is before he like only used it for like commercial stuff which is like what all the celebrities do now but it was like a picture of him holding up weed and um, he's wearing the shoes so again it was like oh okay they're together right now um, essentially uh, Kylie lost it um, and was like accusing him of cheating and was losing it because remember she's known about Rogine, like the blocking and the unblocking and I'm sure he's promised her that he's dropped her um, it was so bad that he actually canceled his show in New York um, and stayed in Los Angeles to be with her, be with Kylie. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, he said that it was because um, he was sick. That's why he couldn't go. But, um, you know, I mean, we can all read between the lines. Um, essentially, the blind item thing, uh, part of it is that, you know, Apparently, Rogine was wiling out at this time, which um, I believe because in 2018 was like the year of them being really crazy and flagrant. Um, and I feel like um, like with the whole, oh, I'm actually going to marry her thing with about Kylie, Travis saying that about Kylie. Um, I think that we saw Travis start to like break down. And, you know, if you've been with this guy for years and years and years, like I'm sure that's horrible for Rogine. Like she's dealt with so much cheating. I mean, I don't really think she cares, um, but you know what I mean? Like, this is different now. You know, he is going to leave her. And, you know, he's she's stood by his side through all of this, like, bullshit and the way he's treated her. I mean, he's helped her financially, too. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get why she's wiling out. Um, but apparently she was, like, going to restaurants, like, these fan, like, Nobu and places like that and was, like, just telling anyone that would listen that she's Travis Scott's mistress. Which, like, go off, queen. Like, I... I don't know. I'm a Rogine apologist, but <laughs> yeah. In March of that year, more proof that he is breaking down and like, it kind of makes sense why uh, Rogine is kind of like losing it this year and not being like the quiet, like side chick in the background. Though she's always been his main chick. And I think that's what changed. And that's why she started wiling out. Um, Kylie does this interview with Ar- Architectural Digest um, that she is renovating her Hidden Hills mansion. So um, it has like a more unisex vibe because it was literally like baby pink. Um, So she had like a designer in to kind of make it more of a like mutual space because Travis was moving in. Um, And also, again, like constant, Chris annoys me. Um, Again, we hear these rumors that they're getting engaged, which is nonsense. Um, but yeah, this is the year of him being like locked down by her. Um, they get another matching tattoo of Stormy's birthday. Um, they're like seen together all the time, um, in 2019. Like this is really the year that we get inundated with, uh, Kylie and Travis pictures. Um, but you know, he is still cheating with Rogine. Um, and honestly, it seems like his hoeing kind of slows down here, I think because, um, you know, he just couldn't. And if he can't have, you know, have all the hoes he wants, he's still going to go see Rogine. Um, apparently in September, um, Kylie found out that he was still seeing her. And that's when we get their, um, break, breakup October 1st, where Kylie says they're taking a break, which is her, which is her soft way of saying they're breaking up. Um, it apparently was over, not just the fact that he cheated, but the fact that it was Rogine and, um, it was exposed to her that they it was way more than just um a side chick like and i'm sure that it was probably rogine honestly that like 
came to her and was like, look, like this is, this is the relationship we have. Um, and yeah, I mean, this, I think this really upset Travis, like this sent Travis into a frenzy because, you know, he wants his cake and to eat it too. Um, but he lost his, uh, main chick and his side chick, however you want to rank them, because, um, he did not go back to Rogine. In fact, the blind say he was fucking furious with her, um, like angrier than he had ever been at her. And I think Rogine was just having a woman moment. Like, I think she was like, woman to woman, like, let, I'm putting my cards on the table and I'm telling you the kind of relationship we have because, you know, I love him. And I also want you to know, like, you're, you know, I want to know who your baby daddy is. Um, But I do think that because she posts this um, Instagram story where she basically says, please stop spreading rumors about their relationship. Um, me and, uh, me and Travis have not been together for a long time. Um, I, I have a lot of love in my heart for both, um, Travis and Kylie, which is crazy. Cause she's always been like on, like on real beef shit with Kylie. I showed you how petty she was in 2018 and she's always like been sneak dissing being, being petty towards Kylie. Um, especially last year, 2018. Um, but it looks like she had a change of heart. And I do think that that's because Travis did not go back to her. Um, and this is where, I mean, he, he's already been like degenerate, but I, this, it's a line for me. Um, apparently, um, instead of going back to Kylie or instead of going back to, um, Regine, um, in mid October, he was sleeping with a 15 year old fan of his. So, um, disgusting, repulsive, horrible, um, and, um, I don't know, you know, it's, it's fucked. But post that October split, um, you know, he's let off the chain. He's no longer in the Kardashian cage. And apparently he starts partying really, really hard. But, um, according to the blinds, he was extremely re- remorseful of the fact that he was no longer with Kylie. Um, which is interesting considering he's done everything in his power to not be with Kylie. Um, but you know, you miss that kind of lifestyle. I think he missed the lifestyle. Um, and I also think Kylie is up to her old ways. Cause a month later while he's fucking a 15 year old, she is seen with Drake. Um, and you know, people are saying, Oh, they're, you know, they're so cute. They've always been like a thing. Yeah. When she was a teenager, hi Drake. Um, but yeah, um, you know, the rumors start circulating and apparently this made Travis crazy too. Um, you know, Drake is always like the one that is not friends with the rappers of that family. You know, he beefs with Kanye and Kanye and Travis and all of those like people in Kanye's circle, Drake isn't fucking with. And I think he, he like Amber Rose who takes pleasure in tormenting that family. I think uh, t- Drake takes pleasure in tormenting that family. That's, he loves getting in those girls. I mean, he loves fucking anyone, but he, he loves petty shit. He loves a girl that's like in a relationship. I mean, even though she wasn't, but you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he's like off the rails. Um, and apparently he was very remorseful. Um, in December, 2019, Jack boys comes out, um, from his records. Um, and it debuts at number one, um, the first number one compilation album of the decade. I just have a feeling that the streams were manipulated because 
I like I feel like this is memory hold like I do not fucking remember this album but I did talk to people on Tumblr and apparently like it was like a big album but just with his history as well I'm sure some of it was inflated um but yeah that comes out for him um again with the blinds it says he didn't have as much of a hand in it as he did with his other records um and he was really fucked up at the time it was released so you know it probably had to be a compilation album Their separation doesn't last long. Like I said, he was complaining to people that he missed being with Kylie. Um, And by January 2020, we start seeing them together all the time again. Um, They keep saying it's because they're co-parenting, but um, I don't know. You know, you you don't co-parent attached at the hip. Um, And then in March, they are officially back together, March 2020. Um, I do think that maybe COVID was a part of it. Um, I also do think they came to an agreement. Um, I think that as long as he's not with Rogine, which, you know, um, I think that she was like, fine, like you can go have sex with other people. Remember, she's been groomed for this her whole life. Like every relationship she's ever been in, no guy's been faithful. She probably doesn't believe a guy can be faithful. she was just like, you know, you can cheat, just no serious relationships. And he was like, okay. Um, and he takes that Kardashian money and he runs, you know. Um, he's being put on the show and he's getting like that positive spin like Tristan got. And he's making a ton of money. He did a collaboration with Nike. Um, his collaboration with the um, Kid Cudi, his idol, came out, the Scots. Um big money he partnered with Fortnite. um all the beautiful microtransactions he did like a thing on there i don't know i'm old um and then he his big money maker which people would copy um was the cactus jack uh, mcdonald's partnership because it sold out like everywhere um it was it was a big money maker for both mcdonald's and uh cactus jack records um and you know there was merch that sold out like it was a big big success um the fact that artists copied him after this you know you know it was very successful um but trouble in paradise um it was never paradise but again he's cheating all the time and he's making himself so busy that he doesn't have to be at home with her um with kylie you know his net worth when he met kylie um was two million um and now it is 50 million um and i think he made a lot of it in 2020 (laughs) um while we were all uh quarantining um he was uh, doing Fortnite dances. Um, but yeah, I mean, June 9th, um, apparently the they have another huge blow-up fight where they break up again because, yes, he's sleeping with everyone in L.A. and everywhere else, but um, I guess one night um, she, like, came over to his house. Um, he had women over, and he, like, locked the door and wouldn't let her in, so they broke up again. Um, in September 2020, we get the true tea from Mason when he had his TikTok. He told um, us, no, Kylie and Travis are not together. Um, they are so shaky um, and they are on and off and it changes pretty much month to month, which is funny to me. And it seems like they both kind of go back to what they do when they're off. You know, Kylie is fucking around with her usual guys that she fucks around with when she is mad at Travis repeating the same thing she's always done um with him and with tyga and then he is partying really hard fucking a bunch of um girls but um he actually does have like a moment of having like a serious fuck buddy um 
he actually in um, March and April was hooking up with Iggy Azalea. Um, but apparently, um, Travis told um, his friends that Iggy was the best fuck and the most insufferable cunt he'd ever been with. And at a certain point, the sex no longer warranted being with her, which um, you're disgusting, but that is kind of funny. And as he does after a while when he's been floating in the void, especially in these later years, um, apparently while he was dating Iggy and realizing he didn't want to date Iggy um, or hooking up with her, you know, whatever, um, he was texting Kylie again that she missed her or he missed her and whatever. And this time Kylie was a little more like, well, I want us to like kind of just be chill for a while And um, I actually think that works for them. But I think here we kind of get Kylie and Travis's flow. Like they hit, they hit Zen, they hit flow because they're both in this relationship for um, maybe not the most positive reasons. Um, Kylie wants his nut. Um, She is, the Car Jenners have like an agreement where they're not going to have different baby daddies because um basically like it's like a dynasty like you know how the trumps won't have um outsiders in their business the kardashians basically have looked at their previous generation and look at it like the brody jenners all of caitlin's kids that were not with chris as like liabilities people that know their secrets they don't like that so they're always like has to be with the same guy and then he wants it for fame and money he knows um his status is elevated by being with kylie um, so this is when, like, they both realize that they're both going to keep pursuing this relationships and le- relationship. And, like, no matter what, um, in a fucked up, dark-sided, disturbing way, they want to be together. Um, and in May 2021, um, they said that they were together but not fully back together, which Kylie got the backlash for this because, like, <laughs> what did, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and this is when people online, like in the mainstream were like, they're in an open relationship. Like, that's what that means. And, um, she got real triggered by that. Um, she said that those rumors were disrespectful and careless and that you guys just make up anything about us. But, um, she didn't like clarify that they were in or not in a relationship, even though they were together, um, so interesting but I mean it's pretty obvious they're in some kind of relationship um in June at the 72nd annual Parsons benefit Travis was honored um as a visionary in fashion and the arts and in his speech he said um to Stormy and my wifey I love you more than anything else in this world um he also made his debut in a movie um Gully um I looked on t- uh, Rotten Tomatoes it has a 23% it has a half of a one star um yeah so the movie shit um but you know he's diversifying he gets another fashion brand deal you know it, it, it's so crazy cuz like when him and Kylie are good it's like these deals roll in um And then also he shows the first, um, like little previews of his, um, album Utopia that I'm, we all know now is side shunted for now and probably for a while, but, 
Um, it's a good month for him. Um, but then in July, you know, things just can't last good with them. Um, in July, he is seen partying with Flo Millie. Um, and uh, Flo Millie um, puts this caption on them, like, dancing on each other and says, um, Barbie and Ken. And the internet fucking lost their minds. Well, specifically Kylie Stans lost their mind. Um, they really went after this poor girl. Um, she at, at one point was just like screenshotting like all the death threats she was getting. And she was just like, can you guys leave me alone? Like, I just meant that I'm a black Barbie and he's, he's a Ken. Um, but I mean, I don't know if I believe that. Um, the blinds do say that they were hooking up. Um, but still, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, they've reached this, like, I hate it. I don't agree. But they have reached that, like, couple status where now people are like, oh, they're supposed to be together and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, their relationship's always been open, essentially. I mean, there was a point where Kylie didn't know it was. But, you know, it's always been open. So it's like, I don't know. Like, just, you know, it's not Flo Millie's fault. (laughs) Um, But they were hooking up in July. Um, and then in August, we get these two, like, lovely dual, like, sides of their relationship that I think just really sums up who they are. Um, in August, um, the blinds say that, um, Travis was, like, frantic, like, trying to figure out if Kylie had gotten an STD from him, because he figured out he had an STD, um, and he was trying to figure out a way to find out if she had it without, um, like alerting her to the fact that he had an STD, which sounds like a comedy. W- wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that one. Um, because yeah, he had an STD and he was really concerned that she had figured it out and it was going to be a big fight or that she'd had it and it was going to be a big fight. Um, lucky for him, it looks like the roulette wheel did not stop on Kylie having one. Um, but the same, same, um, month, Kylie is talking to People Magazine and she's talking about relationships and or her relationship with Travis. And she's like, we seek more kids definitely in the future. Um, she's like, I want a huge family. I want four kids at least. Which, again, that Kim-Kanye dichotomy. She needs that nut. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she gets what she wants because in, Septem- um, in September she announces that she is pregnant um, with Travis's baby. So they have baby number two. Um, and it's all so lovely, um, until November. Ah, and November we will get to, but, um, I did start recording, um, about Astroworld and I realized I was creeping up to two hours and 45 minutes, like getting close to three hours. And I was like, "Mm, we're just going to have to cut it in half at this point. So this is part one. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and I am going to do part two, very shortly. It's going to be probably one to three days. I'm not going to make you guys wait that long for part two um, because I have half of it recorded already. Um, But I'll see you guys soon. Um, If you thought Travis was a piece of shit in this one, just wait for the next one because it gets really horrible. We're going to be discussing Astroworld. It's going to be sad. Love you. Hope you're having a great night or day or whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's sent you down an escapist route where you can be mad at someone else that isn't yourself. (laughs) All right. Bye.